This is Kauri 97.5 FM, Abbey Okata. There's crisis in the land, real crisis. COVID-19 cases continue to be on the rise as lockdown eases in Lagos, Abuja and Ogun. The three states combined account for more than half the total COVID-19 cases in the country. The Lagos, Abuja and Ogun state axes account for over 1,450 confirmed COVID-19 cases in Nigeria. At the latest epicenter, Kano, and it's almost 2,000. Total confirmed cases of COVID-19 across Nigeria as at last night, 2,558, 400 discharged and 87 deaths. Lagos recorded 39 new cases, Kano 29, Ogun 24, including two cases at the Federal Medical Center in the capital, Abeokuta, which has so far been insulated. Bochi has 18 new cases, Kaduna 15, Abuja 12, Sokoto 12, 8 in Katsina, 7 in Boranu. The trend shows increases in the north, while southern states, apart from Lagos and Ogun, are recording low figures, apparently a manifestation of good containment measures. The north, especially the Kano axis, remains a huge challenge, and Kaduna State is now erecting Berlin-style wall to cordon off the state from its neighbor, Kano and Katsina. Meanwhile, high-profile deaths in Kano and the confirmation by the presidential task force that about 80% of the mysterious deaths in the city were indeed COVID-19 deaths are signs that all is not well in the ancient city. Critics say the buck stops on the desk of the Kano state governor, Abdullahi Ganduji. They say he has been short on the truth and expressed the hope that the full involvement of the federal government and all other relevant agencies can contain what could result in a major catastrophe. The Nasarawa State House of Assembly is under lock and key, and all members of the House put in isolation after a member died of COVID-19. And in Zamfara State, an emir was also reported to have died in isolation while waiting for the result of his test. And in Abelkuta, capital of Ogun State, the accident and ER emergency room of the Federal Medical Center has been shut down for cleansing after two cases of COVID-19 were handled in the facility. A pregnant woman who later died and a male patient turned positive. This is the Reset Porting, a Cowrie Radio daily presentation on COVID-19, its consequences and collateral benefits for social behavior, advocacy, conservation and good governance. I am Willie Thomas.
make it your responsibility. Stop the spread of coronavirus. Keep a distance of at least two meters between you and others. Hi there, I'm Lucy Van Olden Barneveld from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. If you're tuned to Cowrie 97.5 FM, then it's time to get serious. COVID-19 or coronavirus is real. So stay away from crowded areas, keep to hygiene rules, and more importantly, listen to and abide by what government tells you to do. If you go to the market, keep two meters away from everyone and wash your hands once they make contact. Any contact at all, you need to wash your hands. Remember, coronavirus is defiant. It attacks all, big or small. Thanks. I'm glad you've heard my message. I'm Lucy, and I work and live in Canada. You are listening to the Reset Bulletin, our daily focus on COVID-19, and we return to the world of pangolins. They can never go away, can they? Well, I tell you, and of course, COVID-19 has come to establish their presence, and the presence of all the mammals, creatures, plants, flora, and fauna, as the real owners of planet Earth. We human beings may well be the tenants. And what COVID-19 has come to tell all of us is simple. We are caged and nature has taken over. Some even say COVID-19 is pangolins fighting back. On the reset button today, we hear from Adams Kasinga of the Conserve Congo and Paul Thompson of Safe Pangolins. He's also the chairman of the Pangolin Crisis Fund, established through the support of Hollywood film star Leonardo DiCaprio and the Wildlife Conservation Network. Pangolins are the most trafficked mammal in the world, mainly for their scales, and one kilogram sells for about $150. You need three giant lowland pangolins weighing about 40 kilograms to achieve one kilogram of pangolin scales. The biggest market is China, the country that gave the world COVID-19. Pangolin scales are used in Chinese traditional medicine, and the meat is food for the rich and upper class in that country. There are eight species in the world, four in Asia, including China, but they are almost gone, listed critically endangered. So, the attention turned to Africa, where there are four. And now, with poaching and trafficking involving criminal gangs and wildlife trafficking syndicates, African pangolins are endangered. In the middle of lockdown, five people were arrested near Kinshasa, the capital of the Democratic Republic of the Congo, DRC, with 500 kilograms of pangolin scales. Adams Kasinga is arrowhead of Conserve Congo, a wildlife conservation group in the country, and is joining us on the reset button today. We also have Paul Thompson. Abia El Gounemi is also on with today's Ramadan talk. First, Adams Kasinga joins us from Kinshasa and Paul Thompson from San Francisco. Be careful, Nana, you go. 
Adams Kissinger, thank you very much for coming on to the Reset Bulletin. Good morning, Willie. Good morning to you, all your listeners. I am really glad to be here and to be part of this discussion this morning. Thank you so much. Now, let's begin. What were the circumstances that led to the arrest of uh, the traffickers? This was during lockdown and close to Kinshasa. That was what your report said. So, Conserve Congo, uh, here in Kinshasa, just like in the rest of the country and uh, the region, we do regular investigations whereby we look for real traffickers, not potential traffickers, but people who are already involved in the trade. And we do that by infiltrating the network. And eventually we gather uh, intelligence, which we utilize to make a sting operation and uh, subsequently make an arrest together with the authorities. And these guys were investigated since September last year. And at one point they went under the radar and just four weeks before the arrest, they resurfaced again. And we made a follow-up for the four weeks and we gathered that they had uh, something illegal. And this is how we started making arrangements while gathering information on their network. And uh, eventually we laid our hands on them. There were actually supposed to be six, but we managed to get only five. The other one is still on the run, but the long arm of the law is still uh, after him. It seems, or rather, it appears they are actually working for a bigger and probably more established uh, syndicate. Have you been able to track or trace the syndicate? Yes, you must understand that uh, we've had uh, time to follow them. And this is the reason why we never make an arrest before we establish all of that. So we have already established uh, contacts, um, many contacts they have with uh, Brazzaville mainly with the intention of shipping to Lagos and Dakar in Senegal. They also are connected to another network which goes um, via Matadi, the port of Matadi, up to China. Even though they may not be linked directly with the end user in those countries, but they are certainly part of the chain which eventually leads to those three destinations, as I have just told you. But however, even the two West African countries eventually also ship to China. It's almost like keeping your eggs in three separate uh, baskets. And also it is a strategy to, to mislead or to throw off point sometimes uh, investigations or other security agencies. Chinese have been fingered for their involvement in illegal activities across Africa. Illegal mining, for instance, 17 have just been arrested in a southern Nigerian state. They are also engaged in timber operations, you know, various engagements, which actually gives them unfettered access to our forest uh, reserves uh, and by implication uh, the habitat for pangolins. How much of Chinese involvement or Chinese presence uh, do you have in the DRC? And does this uh, amount to a big threat? The situation of the DRC is not an isolated case. I think it is a general situation currently in many African countries. So, yes, we do have the Chinese government as well as the Chinese people generally working officially here in the country for many infrastructure development projects in the mining sector as well as the logging uh, business. However, we also do have many people using the same uh, hat, wearing the same hat and indulging in the same uh, activities, but this time illegally. And most of the times people cannot 
differentiate because these agreements between governments have never been really explained to the people. So we just see Chinese people coming in and going, and yeah, nobody knows who's who. And they are really impacting badly because uh, wildlife trafficking is really linked to all these industries I have just mentioned. When you hear an animal has been rescued somewhere, it's likely that it was rescued in an area where there's already logging. And as you may have known, logging is really uh, consuming the forest at a very alarming rate. At this level, I think many international NGOs have tried to voice out the situation in the DRC, but so far the government hasn't been proactive enough to take uh, uh, measures which would deter uh, the impact of what some uh, illegal miners or loggers are doing to our forest. And it's really scary because we anticipate the worst, especially having the second largest forest in, in the world and we believe that consuming it to the point where it degrades and becomes uh, part of the syndrome of an, an empty forest is going to have a very bad impact to the environment generally and also to our economy because that's part of our natural heritage. What is the status of pangolins uh, in the DRC? That is a very important question. Internationally and international agencies uh, to which the DRC adheres and is a signatory of certain treaties, the pangolin is supposed to be a highly protected species. I think it has about seven to eight subspecies between Asia and Africa, and internationally all these species are highly protected. However, in the DRC, only the giant pangolin, which is like the largest of them all, is protected. And this is mainly the sought after, but it does not mean that the other ones are not uh, sought after by traffickers. So sometimes they do mix because it's the same product, it's just the size which is different. And so far the Congolese government has been really slow in uh, rectifying uh, the laws so that we can also adhere to those, some of those treaties uh, to which we are signatories. And it's not uh, working to the advantage of these animals and they are killed in multitudes, first by locals and second now with a huge demand by the Asian and the international uh, markets for, for these scales, it has really tripled or even quadrupled in the last one or two years. Now let's come to Conserve Congo. What does Conserve Congo do? Conserve Congo has been in existence for the past seven to eight years, and we are basically in Kinshasa. Our main mission is to preserve the biodiversity of the Congo Basin, and we do that by three distinct uh, objectives. The first one is to fight against the scourge of uh, poaching as well as illegal trafficking. The second one is to do that by educating masses on the needs and the importance of conserving our biodiversity. And the third one, we fight against food insecurity because locally most of the reasons why people tend to consume bushmeat is because of poverty, is because of unemployment, is because of lack of resources, is because of lack of other options other than uh, hunting and consuming bushmeat and eventually getting involved into the illegal trade. And that's why we have those three objectives. We use uh, different methods of, of law enforcement in order to carry out investigations. We cooperate with local authorities, but also we work with grassroots level organizations, as well as uh, influential people, leaders of opinion, who would help us convince uh, the masses on how together we can work towards uh, protecting what is rightfully ours, 
our natural heritage. Um, we do this uh, by enforcing the law, which is already in existence and which the police is not even aware of. And sometimes even court officials don't know. And this leads to prosecutions of our cases. And it creates uh, a situation where it deters. And, and this way, it has an impact of, of, of threatening those who would wish to get involved in the industry. But also in the process, sometimes we do rescue some animals which otherwise would have been destined for an international market of, uh, of wildlife trafficking. So those are some of the things that we do. Besides that, we also get involved into community uh, development projects because it's not easy just telling somebody not to do something without giving them another option. For instance, we believe that agricultural activities and farming could be some of uh, the options that our people could have. We do have a fertile ground, but unfortunately, sometimes you could have fertile ground, but you have no technique or you have no... Um, means even to have seeds or to have a tractor or you have a tractor but you have no fuel and those are some of the challenges that we address we can put it on record and say that at this point wildlife trafficking has become such a complex issue that you cannot say you're going to sort it out with just one approach so we need uh, a variety a complexity of uh, of uh, approaches in in regards to wildlife trafficking if we really need to solve it Adam Skisinga, thank you very much for coming on to the Reset Botting and for sharing uh, your experience. Very, very robust, I must say. Thank you again, Adams. No, uh, Willie, I think I should thank you uh, so much. You're doing great work and uh, we really like the, the way you are, you are uh, propelling this message across the globe and we really appreciate to be your guest today. Thank you so much and thank you to your listeners. Bye-bye. Adam Skasinga joining us on the reset button from the DRC. I'd also like to add that Adams will be a regular on the reset button to help us understand conservation and the need for all of us to be pro-nature. The DRC is a bastion of nature in Africa, three time zones spanning almost all the features and characteristics of the rainforest, plus of course its treasures. And still on the pangolin issue, we're joined now by Paul Thompson, and he has been our guest on this program in the past and will continue to be so until we save the pangolins. Paul is the chairman of the Pangolin Crisis Fund, set up with support from Hollywood star Leonardo DiCaprio to save pangolins. Paul is also founder and convener of Save Pangolins, which is one of the conservation groups at the forefront of the fights to end poaching and trafficking of pangolins. Safe Pangolins is closely associated with the Wildlife Conservation Network and bless all of them thanks to the conservationists. And of course, we have a number of conservation groups here in Nigeria. Now with COVID-19, we're all seeing that we are mere strangers and passers-by on planet Earth. The real owners are the ones not caged right now. With lockdowns all over the world, businesses are also shut down. We wanted to know if this situation won't give poachers and traffickers unhindered access to our forests. Paul Thompson. I don't know for sure if the pangolin scale trafficking in DRC and that resulting arrest uh, was related to COVID-19 directly. Uh, it's too soon to see the full ramifications of this global pandemic on the pangolin trade. Uh, it is our hope, of course, that the potential links between pangolins and COVID-19 um, could
could sort of reduce uh, consumer confidence in pangolin scales in places like China and Vietnam. In other words, perhaps people will associate pangolins with uh, potential health risks and therefore stop eating them or consuming their scales as much. That's one potential silver lining in all of this. At the same time, we have seen a continuation of uh, of trafficking of pangolin meat and scales, as indicated by this recent arrest in Kinshasa. Uh, so it is continuing. However, it's likely uh, to be decreased in the short term, given how more challenging it is for pangolin traffickers to find buyers and, and also the lower consumer confidence that I mentioned earlier. Um, my hope and the hope of, of many other pangolin conservationists is that um, long term, the COVID-19 uh, global crisis will really shine a spotlight on the perils of, of consuming wild animals um, and trading them. So hopefully this will have a, a net positive impact um, for pangolins and other wild animals by reducing uh, a, the consumer interest in consuming them. Paul Thompson of Safe Pangolins and the Pangolin Crisis Fund. Paul Thompson will return to the reset button sometime soon when we feature two parallels. The 19 million Almajiris of northern Nigeria, children roaming the streets begging for arms and food. Now you may want to ask, what's the connection between the two? Well, you'll find out when Paul Thompson returns as guest on the Reset Porting. Next up, here El Gunemi with today's Ramadan Talk. Good morning, everyone. I always find comfort whenever I read these words of an unknown author. Hey, God. Hello. I'm falling apart. Can you make me back together? I'd rather not. Why? Because you aren't a puzzle. What about all the pieces of my life that are falling down onto the ground? Let them stay there for a while. They fell off for a reason. Take some time and decide if you need any of those pieces back. You don't understand. I'm breaking down. No, you don't understand. You're breaking through. What you're feeling are just growing pains. You are shedding the things and the people in your life that are holding you back. You aren't falling apart. You are falling into place. Relax. Take some deep breaths and allow those things you don't need anymore to fall off of you. Quit holding on to the pieces that don't fit you anymore. Let them fall off. Let them go. Once I start doing that, what will be left of me? Only the very best pieces of you. I'm scared of changing. I keep telling you. You aren't changing. You are becoming. Becoming who? Becoming who I created you to be. A person of light and love and charity and hope and courage and joy and mercy and grace and compassion. I made you for more than the shallow pieces you have decided to adorn yourself with that you cling to with such greed and fear. Let those things fall off you. I love you. Don't change. Become. Become. Become who I made you to be. I'm going to keep telling you this until you remember it. Abia El Gunemi from Cairo. 
Bola Makinde will join us tomorrow with news page. And just before we go, this is No Woman No Cry, courtesy of an Arab ensemble. It's a lovely video musical. No woman no cry. No woman no cry. Mayala. No woman no cry. Hello. No.
And that's all we have time for today on the Reset Button. Remember the rules. Stay safe. Hand washing. Social distancing. Learn not to touch your face, body, and home hygiene. And you're safe from COVID-19. And remember your face mask. It's been the Reset Button. I am Willie Thomas in Hi there, I'm Lucy Van Olden-Barneveld from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. If you're tuned to Cowrie 97.5 FM, then it's time to get serious. COVID-19 or coronavirus is real. So stay away from crowded areas, keep to hygiene rules, and more importantly, listen to and abide by what government tells you to do. If you go to the market, keep two meters away from everyone and wash your hands once they make contact. Any contact at all, you need to wash your hands. Remember, coronavirus is defiant. It attacks all, big or small. Thanks. I'm glad you've heard my message. I'm Lucy, and I work and live in Canada. your responsibility. Stop the spread of coronavirus. Keep a distance of at least two meters between you and others. This is Kauri 97.5 FM, Abiyokata.